Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Sports highs to Steve Evans lows. Life is a roller coaster with Aki Stanley. Just gotta ride it. It's the Raw Milk Podcast. Let's have it. Episode 5, we are live. Callum, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Steady away as always. Yourself? Steady away, mate. That's become one of our calling cards straight away. I'm going to go straight into it because I had two or three complaints last time that we didn't speak at all about what we'd eaten for our tea. So fire away, what have you eaten this evening? Uh, I had a pizza and a spring onion butty. No messing. Spring onion butty? Hot cuisine. Three star Michelin star tackle. I mean, that is out there. Do you want to, are you going to explain that? or? Well, there's many things I thought I'd have to explain on this podcast. <laughs> the act of making a sandwich is not one of them. Um, bread, butter, spring onions, maybe a bit of coleslaw if you flush. I can't bit, tell salt. whether you winded me up or not. S- spring onion is the base of the sandwich. That is sp- the sp- main... Sp- spring onion is the main component, yeah. Where is that? I've never even heard of that before. Is that a thing? Never heard of a spring onion? I've heard of a spring onion, not a spring Jesus onion. wept. I mean, even an onion sandwich would be weird. Times are hard in church. Christ alive. What was on the pizza? Uh, meat feast. Nice. You're living in style, mate. It's yeah, midweek. Yeah. What's... Well, you think last time, you know, we had a few bits of, uh, you know, Samaritan-esque 
outrage because of my uh, cereal fatigue and uh, was it egg on toast twice? Yeah, we've had egg on toast, cereal, and yeah. now we've—I mean, that cereal was ridiculous. <laughs> we've just gone straight in with a pizza. So, yeah, well, <clears throat> good, glad the good times are all. The royalties are finally coming That's in for it. the podcast. I hope to get—I uh, hope to be able to turn taps on next week. Get some hot water. Going. Let's not push it. Um, so. so, what have I had? I hear you ask. Um, I've had soup because it's homemade soup, and by homemade, I mean my mum made it. Um, as we were talking about just before we came on, I weighed myself, and I I was almost in tears at what has become of me. <clears throat> yeah. That's not me tearing up. That's just a, a frog in my throat. But I just thought, right, I'm gonna have a week of soup because that sounds like something you should do when you're trying to lose a bit of weight yeah yeah i mean it's uh i mean it's shit but it is what it is isn't it yeah i think it's a bit like asking the uh, doctor shit <clears throat> to give you covid jab that i think mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> the horse is bolted yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean even if you lose weight it's still gonna look like shit um so anyway yeah so here we are 27th of january we are the night after Stanley have just put the league leaders Hull, ex-league leaders Hull City to the sword. 2-0, two, two second half goals from Dion Charles and Matt Butcher. We're going to get to that game in a moment, but let's talk about how we've done since we've last uh, spoken. First of all, we recorded on the 8th last time and we went to Charlton and took the piss. Absolutely, absolutely schooled them. I mean, we talked last time about sort of... Uh, you know, rock and roll London away days. That would have been a belter. Friday night on telly, taking the piss. Fantastic. Uh, and then you get the, uh, the the added benefit of, uh, you know, of Cockney's, Cockney's crying on YouTube. So it's a win-win, really. Well, that's always good to see. Um, I mean, football, the football, I mean, I guess we are part of it now, but football Twitter, football YouTube, it's a very strange place, isn't it, at times? Uh, it's a thought with no shame, really. I mean, if you're... Encapsulating that, that 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 snapshot of joy that you feel on a Saturday, and your first instincts to get your phone out and, and film the people around you, you need a good hiding. Well, <laughs> we're, not really we're not even four minutes in, and I'm not going to go on to how I think society's going, but it's just it's it's it just shows what society's up to now. You see it at gigs. Yeah, I just I just think it's ridiculous. You know, if you video in a moment, when are you? When have you ever gone back to your phone? to watch a shaky cam video that you took of a brilliant moment. Right. Like, let's think of some of the classic games we've mentioned. You take the Pearson winner. Imagine if they clear to them, they'd all spontaneously whip their phones out and they were stood there like goons. Yeah, gobshite. Absolute, absolute waste of time. If you, if you see someone on the Clayton end uh, and they're filming themselves for the YouTube channel, just just smack that phone out their hand. Yeah, I mean, I do think we've got a small, a, a younger fan who does that. So if it is a younger fan, I'd say don't do that. Um, <laughs> but it, if he is over the age of 18, then Callum said you can do it. Um, yeah. In the words of Brian Potter, ever kissed a girl? <clears throat> yeah. Um, hey, listen, you live and learn. We've all made mistakes. I mean, I remember the first game at season, Burton away. For me, I tried to do that uh, reaction video <laughs> on Twitter. I'm going to find that. And I have never got as much abuse in my life. Jesus what? So... I'm nev- never again. Um, me and my mate were talking about this the other day, actually, and I know we've gone off on a tangent already, but um, the, the thing that really, really highlighted it for me was when Liverpool won the Premier League in May, and you've got this 30-year wait. It's probably There's like millions of people watching it. Sky Sports have got 500 cameras around Anfield 
watching the players go up, receive the trophy. You go up there and Sadio Mane, who's been fantastic all season, one of the main men, has just got his phone out and he's just videoing it all. And I just thought, Sadio, mate, there's no danger that this will not be videoed. Someone's yeah. got this sorted for you. Yeah. This is this is your time to just enjoy yourself. I, th- I think personally, he should have had his medal took off him for that. <clears throat> I think it's, it's it's a crime, as you say, but it, it, it's societal. And um, you know, if you're of a certain generation now, not to sound like you know the, the, the Monty Python four Yorkshireman sketch, but it's what they do. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's commonplace now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I'd rather live in the moment. I'd rather because you can always look at videos. You can always go back. You can always see things on YouTube or the football league highlights or whatever it is. But you can't ever capture that. That pure moment of ecstasy. No, you know, if you've got a corner or a penalty or a free kick, live in that moment and enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. It, I think it's. I mean, well, if you don't know exactly what we're referencing to, I think we'll just put the clip here. We've just had our asses handed to us on national television by Accrington fucking Stanley. <laughs> fucking spineless fucking wankers. Um, yeah, he was pretty angry, wasn't he? But as, as well, Dan Jewell started his own campaign last week, hasn't he? Called the uh, Teams Like Accrington Stanley campaign. We saw a little bit of that with Hull City last night as well. But, I mean, you look at Charlton, they're ex-Premier League. I think we... Well, well, they don't have a right to be disappointed, but you can see why, can't you, at the, at the Valley. 20-odd twenty odd thousand seater. And we, we did absolutely rinse them as well from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, if we if we got back, if we got back to back relegations uh, and then we were playing, you know, no disrespect to them, great fellas at Iron Gate. But if we if we ended up in the same league as Bamber Bridge, yeah, and they came to Crown in, and did us over, we'd probably have a similar kind of attitude. Um, so I understand where it comes from, um, but also there is that tinge of arrogance. I mean, you're in League One, lads. For, for, by hook or by crook, you, it's, it's, it's a meritocracy at our level. You end up where you deserve to be, and we schooled them. End of. Yeah, I mean, goals either either end of the either side of half time. We we never really looked in doubt of of taking all three points. To be honest, it was assured. I mean, we were just good all all over the pitch, really. Um, it were comfortable. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a smash and grab. <clears throat> You'd have took a smash and grab. Uh, but it was absolutely we, we dominated. We dominated the play. That you can have no complaints with it. Yeah, and it got us in that mindset, just a really excited mindset, didn't it? Because yeah. we'd come yeah. back, we'd got a few good results again, and we, well, we'd, it set us up really nicely. So on Sky as well is always nice because you always get a few extra hundred retweets when Sky like put a video on. It's people referencing the club, people seeing the club. You've got you know Paul Cook in the studio saying that we're playing good football. Um, which is always nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's always just that extra bit of oomph. And then that led us nicely onto Gillingham at home, which we all thought would be a pretty standard win, I guess. We're in that position now where you think we'll beat sides like that, but vintage Stanley, yeah. we absolutely I mean, don't. I mean, we, we've, only, we've only raised the um, raised the shield of pessimism twice. Uh, once was for the Gillingham game and once was for Wigan away. Um but again, yeah, we we, we we thought we'd turn Gillingham over. We were on a good run of form. Uh, we'd had the, 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 the dicking in the uh, the Papa John's, Domino's, Portaloo, Kentucky Cup, whatever it's called. But you don't really count that. There was that many changes. It was almost a friendly, wasn't it, really, for us? Yeah. Um, but the Gillingham game, yeah, just just a rare off day. We looked a bit tired. We looked a bit lacklustre. Um, 
you know, we're keeping faith a lot with a winning team, which is the right thing to do, but it's inevitable we will get leggy at some point. Yeah, um, the games are coming thick and fast as well. Yeah. Um, it was always going to happen. As well. Steve Evans' side as well, always really, they came to do a job and they did that. Yeah, I think at times it was something like 46 seconds before it was in the linesman's ear. Oh my God, that um, was ridiculous. Yeah, straight down that touchline. I mean, what are you possibly mourning at then? Yeah, I mean, stomach ache. It, it was running. It, well, it was the way it was running down. It was running towards the coppice end, so one can only, you know, speculate that he could uh, get a faint whiff of the Holland's pies from Manchester Road. Yeah, probably it, just piqued, piqued his interest. If it was the other side, maybe Clayton Park. Clayton Park as well. Yeah, so yeah. You, can, you can't blame. Him. It's like it's like um, it's like Graceland for him, isn't it? <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't blame him. I mean, other other pie manufacturers are available as well, but yeah, um, indeed. Not in East Lancashire. Yeah, but not Pucker, because they're, they're a bit shit. Do they still sponsor us, though? No. Oh, it's, it's Clayton Park now, isn't it? Yeah. Like the best chance I've ever met. Yeah, it was. That's up there with um, Chris Eagles. I don't know. <laughs> Gary Taylor Fletcher. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, Gillingham um, beat us. We a good goal, but it, it, we were shit. We did look leggy. Yeah, it was weird, because it, it knocked the stuffing out of us. It was right before half-time. You think, right, second half, they're going to get bollocked at half-time. We'll come out, we'll have a do. But we just didn't turn up. No. Um, but again, I think in a, in a weird way, you can sort of rationalise it to yourself when they don't turn up. Like if we'd knocked at the door and hit the crossbar, you know, eight times. Yeah. That's you know that can make you tear your hair out. That that was just one of those things we we weren't the races. And Hughesy in his interview said as much. Said you know Gilliam came, done the number on us, but we you know it wasn't wasn't up to our usual standard really. So one not 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 one for the uh, the purist I'd say. No, not one that will be remembered. Not one that will enter our classic games uh, section anytime. It's, I think soon. it's ironic because um, all week people have been referencing the uh, the seven four as one of like the, the, the crown grounds great games, and it was inevitable that we were going to get a, you know a damn squib like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that brought us on to going to Hull um, the Tuesday after. Really tr- trying to bounce back. It was a good opportunity for us to try and bounce back against the team that are up there that are playing really, really well. And I don't think it was. I don't think it was. A, it well, we didn't show up. We weren't at the races, but also they were a much better side than us on the night as well. And I yeah. think I think you could even see that in in last night's game as well. Yeah, they were, they were a good side. They're very good on the ball, aren't they? Yeah. As you as you as you should expect for for the you know they've got five times our budget as one sort of, of um, whole wag was saying. Um, but that was a strange game because there's there's a, there's a tendency on on Stanley results to, to to look at it two ways. You, you get your sort of um, you know we're happy to be here and we can't compete with teams like this versus disgrace, get him out. Mm. And I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Hull Hull on the day probably are a bit a little bit better than us. You know they are a bigger club. If they turn up, they will win. That's the nature of the beast. But we didn't help ourselves with comical second and third goals. And I think. I think even the first goal as well was poor defending. Yeah, I think again it's one of those. If you said we're going to go there and lose three nil, you you probably wouldn't bat an eyelid. But I think we 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 could have done a little bit better. Having said that, they were very good. Yeah, I think it was the manner in the defeat, yeah. wasn't it? It, it? It's it's just frustrating when you do concede a few goals that you think, you know. Did... Yeah, it's a backhanded compliment to the lads, really, that they've they've put in shifts so often this season, where you do. A little bit disappointed. Yeah, that was because they've, they've, set, raised, they've, they've raised their, their expectations. Yeah, they've set you know, their own standard. And I think I think the players themselves, you know, would probably find it a little bit patronising if you if we turn around and said, oh, you know, you're only on three hundred quid a week, you can't compete. They want to compete and they've shown they can compete. Uh, and I think it's um, they've deserved 
they deserve to be held up to high standards because yeah. that's that's how they play now. We're yeah. not here for the crack. Well, so that that brings us on perfectly to last night as well. Um, and I was there for the for the Aki Observer going into the game. I was, I did, I, I well. So if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I thought that they were that good last week. It's a strange situation, not a situation that you're going to get much in football. You're playing a team that has bullied you three nil just seven days ago. In the meantime, Hull have been to Pompey, another good side, beat them four nil away. They're flying top of the league. They're expecting blood again. Their confidence is sky high, and I just thought that the the mental sort of implications of that two straight defeats on the back for, on back to back for us I, I expected them to come here last night and do us again I expected a, another good performance from them and to us be especially with the injuries and suspensions that we have as well um, I expected it to I expected us to struggle I took a point but I, but I also expected us to, to be a bit better at home and as the day went on icy pitch great work by the volunteers to get it on and, and buzzer of course um, rain lashing down. Rain, well, it was raining sideways, wasn't it? Mm. I thought big club coming to Crown Ground, no fans, sideways rain. It gives you that cup tie feel, and they don't they don't fancy it, these big teams sometimes. Um, and I think it helped us in a way playing them again because it's an instant chance to get your season back on back on track. If we played, you know, a uh, middle middle or bottom of the table, if we played Swindon at home, for example, yeah. and got dicked again, the wheels start to come off, don't they? Whereas this was a thing where the players could go, all right, well. We got Dick 3-0, they are the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Can we go out there and can we match them and can we give them a game? Um, and again, you, you talk about small turning points in games and small turning points in seasons. They score a terrific goal. That Josh McGenis header was a, was a great move and a great finish. And everyone watching at home, the head just sank. Yeah. And I thought, here we go, 2-3-4-0 now. Uh, gets given offside. Uh, we grow into the game. Great finish by Dion. Superb move for the second goal. And I thought we were good value. Um, I thought they had a lot of the ball, but I can't remember Baxter making too many saves, one or two. No, and when he, uh, well, we'll talk about Nathan Baxter in a minute, but I remember at half time I was thinking we're matching them very, very well, but they had a bit more of the ball, and I thought as time went on, that experience, that, that bit more quality maybe might tell. Yeah, the nose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially with players like McGuinness, Wilkes has been about now for a while, um, the lad up front. I can't remember his name. Who Baxter scored? Um, scored well off. Honeyman, the, Smallwood. They've got they've got great players. It's a double barrel. Yeah, can't remember his name. Can't be from Baxter in the morning. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I expect him to come out maybe second half and sort of sort of turn the screw a little bit. What I found was exactly like you said. I was calling before the game. Maybe oh, let's play, let maybe change the shape. Four four two. Let's try and get a point against the good side. The lads, I think, even showing the celebrations for the goals, what that meant to the players as well, because they have had, had a bit of bit of criticism. The first back-to-back defeats of the season, the fan base were maybe thinking, oh shit, where do we go from here? It felt like a really pivotal night for us, and like you say, if we would have got beat last night, then you are struggling a bit, because then we have got back-to-back games for a while, and you do think to yourself, we're running low on confidence, massive trip to Plymouth on, at the weekend... Where's the next win coming from? To win again under all them circumstances is a credit to the team, but also, I think, shows how good this team can be and shows how good of a team they actually are as well. Yeah, and credit to Coley as well. I mean, 
Coley often gets criticism for not making changes and not making subs, uh, but he tinkered a little bit last uh, no night. Subs. No subs again last night. Yeah, no. but we tinkered a little bit last night with with sort of the formation and brought a whackway back in from the cold, and I uh, thought it was absolutely superb. Yeah, well, the, exactly. the knock the knock that started off the second goal was a, a thing of beauty. Well, an assist and really. The second goal was pretty much the assist. Yeah, wasn't and, he, it? and he had a few, um, like you say, he worried the keeper a few times. He was he was, he was there a lot, had a few shots, yeah. didn't he? A few good saves by the keeper. Um, he looked the same Awakwe who scored that those screamers against uh, Peter on the opening day. Yeah, second second yeah. half he was playing, Second half he was playing in front of me, and at times over the last maybe two months or so, he's he's almost looked like he's lost a, lost a yard of pace, lost a bit of confidence. But last night he was electric, alive. Yeah. And, and I think because he's you know, he's, he's such a specimen. He's, he's a big lad, isn't he? I think you forget how young he is as well. Yeah. He's always, was he 19, 20, something like that? Yeah. So he's going to make mistakes. He's going to come in and out of form. Um, but he has got that class and he has got that ability to turn a game. And if we can keep him fit and keep him on his game, I think he's a really dangerous player for us. Especially it's playing in that formation as well. He's got McConville just on the inside of him. Tons of experience in that role. He's got Colby Bishop up front who's going to hold the ball up all day for him. And behind him, he's got Sheriff as well, who's, well, class, solid as a rock. Yeah. So it, it's a really good base point for him to sort of try and flow as a player and be that little that little flash, that little flash of quality. And he was trying that last night. It, again, sometimes it doesn't come off for him, but it's nice to have that yeah. opportunity to have someone who can go at a man and try and do him. Yeah, and again, you know, that's the way Corley likes to play. You know, Corley's often said that he tells the defenders, play it, and if you make a mistake, it's my fault. And like you say, you know what one. If you're trying to play it from the back, every other game, you're going to make a rick. You're going to give them a chance. Uh, but it's a lot better than hoofing it and giving the ball straight back. If you do it against a team like Hull, you give them the ball, they'll, they'll punish you. Yeah. You've got to keep the ball. You've got to make something. You've got to work something. Uh, and on that topic, I thought um, Ben Barkley came in and did tremendously well. Hasn't played a lot of football. Kept his head down. Hasn't mourned. Um, came across really well in his post-match interview as well. Um, it just goes to show we, we do have that little bit of strength in depth now as well, which a few of us were sort of concerned about. Yeah, I think that's something we've spoken about before, isn't it? And I think it does highlight that. Even these players that are on the periphery, you know, Ben Barkley's been with us now maybe 18 months, hasn't he? He's played the odd game here and there. I do, you know, I do say that when he has come on, a lot of the times he's looked very, very good. There was the game against Rochdale on New Year's Day last year when he did. The, I think we subbed him off after half an hour because he got a yellow yeah. card and he looked like he was going to get sent off, didn't he? Yeah. Um, that was the game that McConville. But he always injured. looks very composed on the ball, very calm. Yeah, um, and I mean, last night he, he looked like he'd been playing there all season. Yeah. He was mopping up again, especially against people like McGinnis, McGinnis, who was an absolute tank. Yeah. And didn't never shut up. By the way, he was screaming. It was in Hughes's ear. They were arguing at half time. Absolute scumbag. But I don't mean that in, a, in an horrible way. Yeah. Is there a good way of calling somebody a scumbag? Well, yeah, well, there is. There is. You're a, a good, good scumbag, scumbag. Josh yeah. McGinnis. Top scummer. Good name. Um, but yeah, he fit in well, didn't he? Yeah, and I thought as well. Um, like you say, he hasn't played a lot of football, but he's the kind of player you need. One of those players who, similar to what Harvey Rogers has done this year won't steal the show but he'll give you a 6 or a 7 out of 10 every time he plays and that's what you need um, you need most of your team to be 6, 7 out of 10 then let you, you flare players who will have good and bad days carry the games for you um, but I thought the back the back three were tremendous I think Hughes like a fine wine just gets better with age Nottingham when he signed people were a gay what are you doing giving a 3 year contract to a 30 odd year old absolutely superb can throw a ball further most people can kick it 
Uh, Barkley was class. Rogers has come back from the dead this year. Um, Baxter, we're going to talk more about Baxter later on, but superb. Um, the number of clean sheets we've kept this year, you know, people forget about that because we're such a, a good team going forwards. We're tidy at the back as well. We're solid, and it gives um, the, the Fleur players a good foundation to do what they do. Yeah, Hull City had scored in the last sixteen away games as well before last night, so we stopped them, and they were also unbeaten in the last five. Which yeah. I mean, yeah, Nathan Baxter, wow, but um, yeah, again, Nottingham has come in and just looks like someone who, who almost, again, almost he's he's been with us for three years. He's he's to say he's been, you know, a, a squad player at Blackpool. Yeah. I mean, I already think you know, I I think he's he's got cult hero makings, and he hasn't been there that long. I think. Um, you know, hopefully the, the the sheriff will be here for a long time to come. Yeah, I think it helps playing in that position as well, doesn't it? Yeah. That we've moved. Sorry, uh, in the formation of the back three because it gives him that opportunity to slot in. He's got the legs as well for an older player. He's not. He's not slow. No. I mean, Hughes is losing a bit of his pace, but he's got great positional now. But uh, when uh, when the sheriff gets going, he's, he's he's got to turn a pace. Yeah, he does. He's quick. I mean, that's what he's I mean. In the final third, lot, isn't he? Even last night, they never. They never look like that. That were under the cosh, really. The, the the back three look so calm. Mark Hughes, like you say, a fine wine. He has he has got a better every single year that he's been with us. And when we went into League One, I was questioning whether he'd be good enough. But I mean, he's 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 arguably arguably one of the best defenders in the league. So consistent. His positional play, like you say, he's lost a bit of pace. His positional play is that good. Like um, Maldini said, if you've got to make a tackle, then you've already made a mistake. Well, Hughes is there, yeah. and he's, he, he, he mops that ball up nine times out of ten, and it's so relaxing just to watch him, because he just slinks back and forth that line, that, that back line, and like I say, he's always yeah. there. He's so calm he's always been a good. He's always been a good defender, um, but he's got a lot better on the ball. Yeah. Like, again, that comes, comes with time and practice, but he, the number of moves that start off with him, um, well, I mean, if he spent most of his career at Morecambe in League Two, they're not going to be playing out from the back, are they? For most of it, no. he spent some time at Stevenage. They're shit. They're not playing out from back. So it's something that he's getting used to with being with us, because we yeah. are a, we unlike Morecambe Stevenage, we're a side that plays total football. <laughs> yeah, we, we you know we we're, we're Barcelona, they're Barrow, aren't they? That's, yeah, that's exactly. the way it goes. Although but, uh, shout out to Morecambe, it looks like they're going to they're going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again helped out by uh, helped out by Stanley. So us dicking Plymouth five nil. Derek Adams gets the sack, goes to Morecambe. You welcome. You welcome, boys. Um, get us a pint next time you see us. Yeah, um, and like you say, a little a little bit. Of, I mean, Carlisle are up there as well, so it'd be great to have Carlisle and Morecambe in uh, in Division Three next year, oh, if, if indeed we're still in Division Three. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. it's win winning it. Yeah, yeah. Blackburn, Preston. Morecambe. Yeah, I was looking the other day actually. the The season that we we almost went up, you know, the 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 Stevenage game that we don't talk about um, that we've spoken about often. Yeah, <laughs> if we'd have gone up that year, because we, we we timed it. I mean, when we did go up, we missed out because we went into League One the same year Oldham and Bury went down. Yeah, and Blackburn and Wigan went up. So if they'd have stayed, you'd have had us Blackburn, Wigan, Blackpool, Fleetwood, Oldham, Bury, Rochdale. So you'd have had eight Lancashire teams. Imagine. So you'd have had sixteen Lancashire derbies a year. Every every, every other week. game would be Lancashire derby. Oh my god! You guarantee at least one Lancashire derby every month. Really, aren't you? You know. 
I mean, that's... That's nearly half the league. Eight clubs. It's quite upsetting to think about that, to be honest. Um, But there we go then. So, Stanley up to eighth. um, And the confidence is back. And that brings us up to... What what more to get your confidence up than a 308-mile trip to the arse end of nowhere, Plymouth Argyle? Yep. Nice trip to... uh, What is, let's have it, practically France. Yeah. So, a bit of a European trip for the lads. Um... It's one of those, I, I wanted to tick it off this year, I've never been to Plymouth, but mm. just because it's so far and it just sort of needs to be done. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a tough place, we don't have a great record there, um, I believe we won 1-0 a few years ago, but um, it's one of those places you do take a point, uh, Ryan Law's done a great job there, brought them up, and people forget this, they're, they're a big club, they're certainly as big a club as someone like Burnley, they've got a massive catchment, so they're the only, you know, there's, there's, there's only them, Torquay and Exeter, yeah, the Devon. catchment area is ludicrous. Yeah. And Cornwall doesn't have a football league club. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have, well, doesn't have a professional club at all. No. So they've got all of Cornwall for catchment. You know, it puts into perspective where, where, where Exeter's their massive hated derby. It's 40 miles. Yeah. You know, it's like us counting Leeds as a derby. I remember, um, I remember a Plymouth fan giving me some shit once on uh, on Twitter. Cause about we, Gates. Yeah, something about Gates. And I remember plonking a 40-mile map over Aki and sending it to him and just being like imagine imagine the gates we'd get if we had that kind of there's something I mean there's there's like 14 there's 14 just in Lancashire there's like 14 football league clubs there's uh, there's, there's, well it's the home of football isn't it the North there's five Premier League clubs you know it's um, it's a very saturated area I mean there's a there's a there's a a sign in Hampton where the Hampton Inn is Nice, nice, niche reference. If you're not from here, yeah. And I always look at it. and He says like Blackburn five miles, Burnley four, or something like that. Accrington two or three. And I think just that that image shows how congealed the area is. Yeah. You've got Blackburn one side, um, more successful town team in Britain. You've got Burnley the other side, probably the smallest town to ever win the top flight. Two towns with greater footballing pedigree that I could literally walk to in under two hours. Yeah. You know, five miles either way. It's ridiculous. Um, the equivalent would be to take Plymouth Argyle and put them. I mean, what's a big southern club? Um, to put maybe London, maybe London way. Put West Ham five miles one way. Put um, you know, not necessarily an Arsenal or something as big as that, but put um, a Crystal Palace, yeah, yeah, five mile either way, and see how you get on. Yeah, so it's 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 a stupid false comparison. Argument. But they but are. Be- I think. I mean, we've been there when there's. I've never been either because yeah. it always seems to. We always seem to play them just before well, Christmas. The Football League, yeah, I was going to say in the, in the wisdom, um, one year, I'm pretty sure we had Plymouth and Southend both away in the week before Christmas. You know, a week that's meant for derbies, really, isn't it? Um, you know, double headers, New Boxing Day, New Year's Day should be mm. back to back derbies for me, like when we used to play Morecambe. But um, it does take its toll on the players because you've either got to stay over, uh, it's a long trip, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than going to Rochdale. Do you know what I mean? Uh, they're a good side. They've got a good home record. Uh, Pre-COVID, they get big gates on because of the catchment. Um, but again, you know, you can't... If you're going to pick a time to go, pick it a couple of days after you've knocked the lead leaders off the perch. Yeah, no, no fear in going mm. either with, with the form that we're in. Um, I mean, they are, they're not in bad form, but they're not pulling any trees up. So no. I think we've got to go there in full of confidence and again try and win the game. Um, Ryan Law, somebody who has got history with Stanley. Um, I mean, he seems all right, but I've heard that he's a bit of a gobshite. So yeah, 
Well, you were, you were telling me today about the urban myth that he charged a ten-year-old ten pounds for an autograph. Yeah, I did tweet him about that once when he used to be very he used to be very vocal on Twitter, slagging people off, slagging Stanley's pitch off. I remember the year that Stevenage went up in the playoffs when they beat us. He he was in the um... what's a Stevenage? Yeah, sorry, scum. Um, if that Stevenage guy's still listening. Five episodes in, twenty nine minutes into fifth yeah. episode. Why don't you buy a raw milk mug? You can smash it. And feel happy about yourself. <laughs> Why don't you get a life, mate? Get a life. Stop yeah. messaging me. I don't want to meet you. Um, he's never messaged me. Um, Tell your mum that as well. <laughs> I remember he he was in the studio for I can't remember who was in. I think it was it was Stevenage and like Torquay in the final or something like that. When they won at Old Trafford. Do you remember when they was at Old Trafford? Yeah, that was the year we should have gone there. Old who, Trafford. Who is it that they played in the final? Torquay. It was the lowest uh, attendance at a League 2 playoff final ever. Torquay. Until, I think, Fleetwood Burton. That is a year it. that they would have wanted it at Wembley, them two sides. Yeah. But, um, we, we would have took 10,000 to Old Trafford. I remember Stevenage. The town was ready to go. Oh, yeah. Stevenage scored an absolute peach of a goal. And it went to... Bury had been promoted that year already, so he was like top striker, I think, top top goal scorer in the league. So he was in the studio and he cut to him and he said, um, "Yeah, I mean, if it's a good goal, I mean, if they were playing on Accrington's pitch, they'd have probably gone, <laughs> took a divot and gone into row Z. And I just remember the fume from Stanley yeah. fans was incredible. Well, I I'd say that as a compliment, you know. I, I've counted the rows and we only got up to J. Yeah. So fair play to him. No, he seems all right, but I mean, he's 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 another one like Joey Barton. You know, like John Coleman almost, the Scousers, they love to win, don't they? So I hope we go there and turn them over. Yeah, if you, if you are listening, Joey Barton, um, like you say, just just uh, trying to start any fights at Job Club. Yeah. Stay away Listen, from them cigars. Joey, if you've learnt your lesson now, mate. Don't do it again. Because um, we'll, we'll come and we'll do the exact same thing. You know what I'm talking about, Joey. <laughs> So, so yes, sleep one um, eye open, lad. <laughs> so yeah, Plymouth on Saturday, and then we're straight into it again. Tuesday night, um, we're at home, and then we've got three home games in a row: Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. That's that season defining, isn't it? That is. That's a big but, one. But again, we've got forty-six games to play. We've only played twenty. So we're halfway through the season. If we take three games, we're halfway through the season. You've got to say we're in the mix. We're in the mix, but there's only three months to play them, which. It's never happening, surely. Yeah, so we've got, we've got three months to find a, a COVID-secure way of uh, getting an open-top bus, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to have, like, five... Anyway. <laughs> um... Fleets. <laughs> All right, then, let's people, move on. People watching through the windows on Wally Road. Yeah. <laughs> Waving <laughs> flags. That's what people do anyway, the boring bastards. Get behind your club, Accrington. Um, okay, then, True. let's go into our classic players. So, classic players. Um, I want to... I'm, I'm deciding what to call this now. I want it to be something. I want it to be the Someone's Hall of Fame. So, I was thinking maybe the Eric Worley Hall of Fame. Or I was thinking maybe the Jack Barrett Hall of Fame. If you go there a, a little bit more left field, 
the Bill Holden Hall of Fame. Make it a little bit out there, possibly. I was going to put it as a poll on Twitter and people could send their own send their own choices in. I've decided against that because we would end up with something. Fall, fall on a bougie. Yeah, the Onabuji Hall of Fame. And if the Twitter poll speaks, then I can't go against it. So I've decided I'm I'm just not... You mock Fall on a bougie, but he's the greatest striker over six foot with a surname with awe that has ever played for us in the Football League. You can't tell away from him. That's a fact. Plus, yep. he, plus he once tried to step over and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, you can't begrudge the man. Listen, he's entertaining. Um, yeah, I mean, have you seen his record? He's got more clubs than... Uh, more clubs than Daphne and Tiger Woods combined. <laughs> right, so look at this. It's absolutely shocking. Go through his clubs. Right, he's only 36. He's... So, this is his clubs, right? Preston North End, Huddersfield Town, Barnsley, Peterborough, Cambridge United, Swindon Town, Brentford, Wickham Wanderers, Shrewsbury Town, St Albans City, Macclesfield Town, Accrington Stanley, Weymouth Walking, Grays Athletic, Southport, Boreham Wood, Tooting and Mitcham United and Cheshunt. Now, in all that time, all those clubs, he played... Four times for us, five times for Weymouth, twice for Woking, four times for Wickham, twice for Brentford, 14 for Swindon, and a whopping 34 for Cambridge, that's it. In his career, he's played 34 times for one club, that's it. Uh, there's no record of any goals that he scored. Oh, sorry, he got he got two goals at Swindon and nine goals at Cambridge, and that's it. Um, I mean, even before he gets to us, he's had, what, ten clubs? Stealing a living. Just give it up, mate. Stealing just get another, just get a trade. Yeah, crazy. Get a trade. You've got to respect him. Six foot five, stealing a living. Do you know what? I've decided we are going to call it after him then. That's it, the fall so of the bougie. From this point onwards, it will be known as... What, how do you say his first name? The faller. I always thought it was Florent. Faller, F-O-L-A. Faller on a bougie. That's Hall my middle name. Faller on a bougie's Hall of Fame. Okay, that's the new segment then. Right then, so... You've listened to Faller, top lad. Yeah, who are you banging in there then? In, well, into not a banging of in Hall of Fame. Not not you. Who are you placing metaphorically in the Hall of Fame? I'd have to blow the stuff it first. Um, so, I've gone for a classic. I've gone for uh, someone who's a legend to any Stanley fan of any age. I've gone for the King of Benin himself, Romy Bocco. Uh, now, I'd like to place on record that his Wikipedia page says that when he signed, Accrington fans are very happy. And it has the quotation, Accrington fans said they were going loco for Boko. One, no one's ever said that. <laughs> and two, and two, and two, it's Boko, not Boko. Anyway, some uh, some sort of A-level poet out there messing with Wikipedia. But yeah, the thing about Boko was, you've got to remember, it, it, came, it, was you. it came in 2005, and uh, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, actually. It was massive news, because we were still in that era of, he's got international caps. He speaks French. Yeah, he sounds a little bit foreign. He speaks French. <laughs> did, did he learn that at Aki and Rosendale College? <laughs> French, and, never heard uh, of it. You know, just have this sort of exotic foreign signing. No one really knows, you know, how, how, that, how that came to be. Um, but he just gave the club a lift as well. We were, we were trying to win the conference. Uh, we're on the crest of a wave. and just give, gave people that little boost. Uh, we've talked about him, you know, being the first man to, to score football league goals in Accrington for 44 years. Uh, first football league brace for Accrington, he got both, and you know, first football league winner for Accrington in forty-four years as well, um, which will obviously always cement his his place in folklore. Um, but every time he came back, he put a smile on people's faces. The fans loved him, 
and it wasn't jobs for the boys. I remember when he came back in sort of, uh, you know, he came back in 16, 17, and everyone said, oh, yeah, jobs for the boys. He'll sit after, on the bench. after he'd been playing in National League. Yeah, he'll so. sit on the bench, and, and it's just jobs for the boys. Cole giving him a few quid and just, you know, letting him, let him ride out his days. He played 41 times. And the number of times he came on and changed games, fantastic. Well, he was he was a massive part of that team, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I remember we one game. I was watching a game against Doncaster the other day, and he was playing everywhere. He, he was playing like left back in games and stuff like yeah. that. Very versatile. Very versatile player and somebody yeah. who who had been there and done that. With Just a cracking well. lad as well. Like you speak to him in the bar when he first came. Not much English, but he always he always have time for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And. Uh, 156 games, 25 goals, over sort of uh, over three periods. Um, 2005, he signed for us. Came back in 2018. Came back in 2012. Came back in uh, 2016. Yeah. So three spells, 156 games, 25 goals. Um, and you see some great memories. I mean, he almost got the winner in the Burnley game. You know, the Matt Pearson. Yeah. And oh, the header. Pope saved, Nick Pope saved it. Yeah. Which would have been. To get the winner against Burnley, I remember the that. All goals would have been. I remember that being. I thinking that was the chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if he'd got that, I mean, they'd be they'd be they'd be in Akrington called Romuald. Now yeah. I think, uh, and the, the fact he actually did play for Benin, you know, you could go in the crowd and watch the African Cup of Nations and see a Stanley player in the African Cup of Nations. He played, just, yeah, it they blew people's minds. He did play in the African Cup of Nations. I remember that. Yeah, I think uh, it's 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 a strange thing for Stanley as well. To well, we see it sort of with Gary Roberts at the minute. To see someone right at the start of the career, and then in the middle, and then at the end as well. It's like if Gary Roberts had come five yeah, years yeah. ago as well. Yeah, so you have Curly Hurt Bocco, and you've got Ball Bocco. Yeah. Ball Bocco would be the heart shaped thing when he scores. A little That's bit the... more chunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, you don't, lose, you don't lose your touch. No. And he was quality. He fits into that mould as well of those players who, when they, they leave Stanley, they never really do anything. But Cole unlocks something in these players. Mm. You know, look at the greats we've had. People like who were gr- like Symes, great when he was here. Lee Moore knew great when he was here. They don't do anything, yeah, because Cole just has that knack of just getting an extra sort of five ten percent out of them. That just makes the difference. Um, interesting fact about Romy: when he left in two thousand and eight, so he came back from the African Cup of Nations, uh, requested a transfer because it was homesick. Uh, then his next club turned out to be Sligo. Yeah. So <laughs> part of my geography, that's that's further away from France than than Accrington. Um, well, it depends on the latitude, really. But uh, yeah, we won't go into that. But I yeah. get your point. Yeah. Um, yes, Ligo. You look at his other clubs, though. I mean, he's never had massive success in England with other teams, but he has been about. You know. Yeah, Pompey, Pompey, Pompey Plymouth Argyle, Chesterfield. I was intrigued by uh, 2011 when he turned out for Shanghai East Asia. Yeah, he's also played in Chinese um, Chinese league. Hasn't he played in India? As uh, well. Barat, yeah. Borat FC. Yeah, in, 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 uh, in Apoon, which is the home of the, the Venkis who own our friends in Lower Darwin. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, just, just that's where they're from, yeah. What is your ultimate favourite Boko memory? Do you know what? I think, I think the cliche would be the Football League goals. But I was only young, so I couldn't, I couldn't celebrate them as much as, as other goals. I'm gonna go for remember the Blackpool game where I think it was the first time they'd come to the crown. Yes. And they were a lot they were a lot better than us. They were one up, but they were they were smashing us. Tom Eldridge was got, playing he, for them. Exactly. And he got a brace later on, didn't he? he? Got a penalty. 
um, which was a very soft penalty. Yeah. And then he scored a late winning. We scored like two in the last five minutes, didn't we? Smashing ground. Another one of those magnificent games that lives long in the memory that I was not in attendance for <laughs> because I was at Utrecht FC versus Go Ahead Eagles in the, the Eagles. Eredivisie. Go um, Ahead Eagles, I'll try and find it. They did a great social media video where it just said, like, oh, like, like they tend to do, we've got like, a slow pan sort of shot of all the different fans, the tea lady, all that kind of thing. And then the slogan at the end was, um, go ahead, Eagles, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so like a really you know, like a little twist at the end. Yeah. It, was, it was an official video, it wasn't like a fan-made thing or anything. That's class. It was class. But um, but yeah, I remember I remember seeing the video for that Blackpool yeah. penalty and just thinking, how on God's earth is yeah. that? I can't, I can't see anything that it's given it, for. It, it was, no, it was so soft and it was limbs as well. Because like you said, they dicked us all game. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, there was still a novelty to play in Blackpool then, only sort of five or six years after they'd been in the Prem. Yeah. Um, Spending big in League yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. so they were a big dog. Uh, that was great. Uh, scored a great goal at Notts County away, I seem to remember. Just got the ball. Typical Maisie Bocco run. Ah, that's when me and you were on the train on the way home, wasn't it? Was that the one? Back from Manchester, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a good uh, good goal. Did we win that game? I think we did. Yes, we won 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we was a good record there. That was the 16-17 season, so that'll be the year after we'd missed out in the playoffs. So we've yeah. got players like Omar Beckles playing, I think. Yeah. Um, my favourite memory of him is... In his second spell, he played in the game. Do you remember when we went to Fleetwood and it was James Beatty's first game? Who? And um, he scored that penalty after about 10 minutes, yeah. Beatty. And then we were struggling at the time and we went there and they were playing well. Bocco scored late on to make it 3 1, I think. Yeah, we won 3 1, yeah. And I ran to the front. Was Jeffers playing as well? Yeah, yeah, I remember it was and Jeffers. I was at Edge Hill and I was working late, so I didn't go to that game. And I remember I hadn't looked at any of the Stanley news or anything. I just got a text off a mate, Gaz, when he texted me, he just said, cannot believe Accrington Stanley strike force is James Beattie and Francis James. Yeah. <laughs> we, I was like, yes. It's, it was a mad game, that. But, um, yeah, he scored. So he scored a goal where Beattie, Beattie was in again one-on-one and he's, like, spaffed his shot and it's, and it's just... He'll say it were across, but it's ended up at Bocco's feet and he sort of finished it. And I've run to the front of that little stand at Fleetwood and yeah. I was like, oh, they don't hug you because they get booked, don't they? Yeah. And um, I remember being right at the front of the crowd and he was looking at me and I was like that and he like sort of welcomed me in with his hands and I just like... Hug him. I just embraced him. And it's probably the warmest I've ever felt in, yeah. A, yeah. Uh, in an embrace. If you ever do some kind of sort of... Um pretentious sort of um, travel book mm. if you call it um, Embracing a Beninian yeah that would be a great title there's a there's a picture, picture of, on the front there's a picture of that of about six people in the in the, the pylon but I am at the bottom of the pylon yeah. um, I remember tweeting the club saying they asked what his favourite memory was and I remember tweeting that picture and just saying <laughs> him holding me in his arms and yeah. letting me know that everything was going to be all right. It says on Wikipedia here um, he is known for hugging famous podcaster Josh Cook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the number one Accrington Stanley rated podcast in Benin now. <laughs> um, but just reading about when he went to the African Cup of Nations, that was a massive deal because it was only the second time he'd ever qualified for it, mm-hmm. and he was the captain for all three games as well. That's ridiculous. Um, Fair play. To how him. old is he then? So that was 2018, so let's take take 13 away. So we'll have been 22 then. 22, 23. In 2018? 
No, it's 08 was the African Cup of 08. Nations. 08, right, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said 2018. No. Um, he was in uh, Orient then. Yeah, a quality player, somebody who... 50 caps as well. That's very impressive. How many times have you Googled on Google Maps Benin? To be honest, I think I could draw it. Let, let's exactly. Let's let's be honest. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for him, we would never have heard of Benin. No. Fair play if you're listening from Benin, which I doubt. But um, you so you do look out for it when you see it on maps and things. Yeah, yeah. You do think about it. It just comes in your head. Yeah, doesn't I've, it? I've I've googled it a few times. Yeah, yeah. Just to double check. We've got, it. we've got some really. I mean, this this might be a topic for another day. We've got we've got quite a few sort of um, odd tenuous sort of national team links. So um, Estonia, mm-hmm. Estonia's all-time record goal scorer. Um, was our under sixteens coach recently? Yes, I do remember that actually. Um, my granddad's got some great facts about him. Um, is, he, is he assistant manager of a, of a team in the Estonian Premier League now? Is he really? We'll I'll get some. Up. I'll get. I can't Roman remember. Broad. Yeah, I'll get the facts for the next podcast. I can't remember what it is. Um, but yeah, he very much sits pride in place really in the uh, Florian Abuji Hall of Fame. Um, so who have we actually got there now then classic players that are in the Hall of Fame if you're listening classic players we've got Ronnie Bocco Andy Todd Jimmy Ryan Peter Murphy Peter Murphy Luke Joyce (laughs) (laughs) now if there's the reason that I did that little pause there is because Luke Joyce is one of them players who we talk about Peter Murphy and, and again that era where Stanley were full of these like little these proper little journeymen or workhorse players people that hadn't got anything grafters. any contracts anywhere grafters Luke Joyce is almost the forgotten hero of that group isn't he absolutely when you look at I mean I'm sure you'll come to this but the number of appearances he made you know well over 200 is, yeah uh, is 246 appearances that's a eight goals <laughs> Dean Winard. Shit, yeah. Um, yeah, 246 appearances, eight goals in six years with the club. Uh, a Bolton native, somebody who came up and started his time at Wigan Athletic, uh, moving on to Carlisle United before two loan spells at Barrow, who, and Northwich Victoria, before he came to us in 2009. Um, and I think Luke is just remembered as as somebody who was so consistent for me. I, I remember him getting a lot of criticism when he was at the club. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's always been a universal truth. There's, there's um, Stanley fans have always had a scapegoat. Um, you know, Peter Murphy was a scapegoat for a long time until he turned it around. Um, but for a while, Luke Joyce was, was the scapegoat because it's similar to Seamus Keneally now, there's a lot of parallels where if that player has a good game, you don't really notice them. They just keep things ticking over. They do the short passes. They keep hold of the ball. They keep possession ticking over. They're not going to score wonder goals. They're not going to fly into stupid tackles. So people assume they've done nothing. Um, but when you, when they're not in the team, you really miss them. And it looks like you've got nothing there. Um, solid. Um, very rarely injured. Very rarely missing through sort of ill-discipline. Like you say, similar to Dean Winard the other week. You don't realise until you look how many appearances he actually made. Yeah, you forget, don't you? It's tes- testament to them, isn't it? You've it, got to be a model professional to play over 200 games with our facilities as they were as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about it, you know, he, he's seen through different managers at that time as well, so he's impressed everybody there. Yeah. He's captained the club under different managers, and he was he was just absolutely Mr... Um, yeah, just missed the consistency at does, all times. I think he does. You know, he does love the club as well, and I think he'll he'll, he'll tell himself that. You know, Carlisle, he couldn't turn that move down financially for him fam, for his family. Yeah, he's One, got a young he, family. Well, exactly. He got a pay rise. He was familiar with the club. It wasn't, you know, uprooting family territory, uh, and you know we had our well documented financial issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as we said before, with other players, you know, loving the club doesn't doesn't put food on your kids' table. Yeah, I think he 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 did he did obviously he couldn't turn that contract down. Just left just before that playoff year, so what a ride that would have been for him. But I mean, I remember he he, he was actually in an earlier fanzine that I did a couple of years ago, and he was he was the only person who's been, you know, he doesn't know me from Adam, like he has no idea who I am. Um, but he invited me into his into his house one day for the interview, so it wasn't just sending me over the over online actually invited me to his house he picked me up from the train station and I went and sat in his uh, living room for four hours to do the fanzine interview so an absolute class act and he took me through his whole career taught me about you know his family life everything he was he was um showing me his newspaper cuttings on his window on his on his walls like just an absolute salt of the earth like Absolute what class a top, act. top top man, and like you say, he's at Port Vale now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And their fans, you know, speak very highly of him. Yeah. And once a red, always a red. He scored a screamer against Morecambe uh, last season as well, which is always nice to see. But just a top model pro, a great example to anybody of how to sort of you know keep your head down and have a have a successful footballing career. I um, said to him at the time as well, you know, he's he might not be he might not think of himself as being. I asked him how he'd like to be remembered by Stanley fans. And he said somebody who, who grafted and gave his all for the team wasn't a flair player, but somebody who he was an, an unsung hero. And you can't sum it up better than that, can you, really? No, I mean, literally unsung, didn't have a song. Yeah, six years with the club, nearly 250 appearances, and doesn't have a song apart from put your hands up for Luke Joyce, he loves big teams. I'd like to make a reference to the uh, the often forgotten, didn't catch on, ooh ee ooh ah ah, ting tang, wah wah Luke Joyce. <laughs> One of your back catalogue there. That's a, a that's, that's that's a big side, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you play it live now and again. Like you say, he can't turn that. He can't turn down a move for a family, his young family, and I do I do miss him playing because for so long he was just he was just a constant. Yeah. No matter who came and when, Luke would always be in the centre of midfield, plugging away, putting out six out of se- six seven uh, six seven out of ten performances. A lot like Seamus Keneally really these days, isn't he? But he has been called the Irish Luke Joyce. Yeah, um, he'll love that. But yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, a high compliment. These days as well, he's he's still at Port Vale, like you say, nearly a hundred appearances for them as well in three years. Can't knock him. Um, Is there any truth to the urban myth that his mum's called Joyce Joyce? I don't know, but looking at his Wikipedia page, his name is Luke James Joyce. So I'm going to guess there's obviously his Irish background. But I don't yeah. know. I'll just text him and see. <laughs> um, but yeah, Luke Joyce, captain, leader, legend, takes his place in the Fall on a Bougie Hall of Fame. Thank you very much, Luke. Top lad. Okay then. So it's time for a brand new segment here on the Raw Milk Podcast. 
Graham Branch Fact of the Week. It's the Graham Branch Fact of the Week. Graham Branch currently has more EFL appearances than Lionel Messi. Graham Branch Fact of the Week. It's the Graham Branch Fact of the Week. Okay then, so we were talking a little bit about how good the players were last night, none more so than Nathan Baxter. Just how impressed were you with his performance? Yeah, not just last night's performance, uh, generally, sort of fantastic, um, confident, assured. He made one or two decent saves last night, uh, saves that you'd expect him to make, but but still you know, relatively decent. Um, in awful conditions, he came for everything, he caught things, his, his passing game was good. He looks an absolute class act, to be fair. Yeah, he, he looks... He looks absolutely quality. Even that three nil, um, you know, battering the week before, for the third one when he actually saved the Wilkes one on one before they had the tapping, you know, that was a great save as well. Yeah. Um, he just gives the back four so much confidence. The back three or four, depending on what we're doing, but he gives the back line, should I say, so much confidence. Yeah. And they feel as though they can go back to him. So like last night, there's a few times we went back to him, and he was closed down. And I think with lesser keepers. He, would have felt panicked as fans. Yeah, but you always knew he could. Just, you trust him to take a touch. That's the thing that has impressed me most about him because he's 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 still very young and he's still quite slight in himself. Mm. You know, I've got no doubt that if I stand next to him, he's probably two two feet taller than me. But he's he's quite slight in himself. He's not a big big busty lad. Uh, bu- busty, bulky. <laughs> Um, he's definitely not a busty lad um, but yeah so like taking a touch under pressure he's good at his kicking's fantastic and what's really impressive for a young sort of slight keeper is his punching is, is, is ridiculously yeah, good as well yeah. um, the, the free kick last night that Honeyman pops over or is it Joyce mm-hmm. um, I can't remember one of them that had longer one um, of the Yorkshire bastards yeah he's popped it over and he's he's punched it with so much confidence like I can't remember watching a Stanley keeper um in in certainly in recent times. Do you know what? Ever really where I just think I, I just feel confident when he's yeah. when he's got the ball. No, you're right, a lot of it's um people often say of, of sort of permanent keepers that you sign in League One or League Two, they'll make a rick. And people always say, Well, if they didn't make a rick, they won't play in League One or League Two. But his decision making is so good. Like lesser keepers, every so often they'll punch when they should catch, or they'll parry when they should hold, things like that. He always gets it right. Now, having said that, he'll probably get sent off and drop three clangers on Saturday, so I apologise for the podcaster's curse, but uh, he's, he's he's slotted in, and he just looks fantastic. Yeah. It's testament. I mean, the number of clean sheets he's kept, it's not it's not a coincidence. Listeners, he had to wait for his chance with Torby playing so well as well. Um, and he's, he's bided his time well, hasn't he? And he's come in, and... Toby's going to have to do something special to try and get that shirt off him I think for the rest of the season touch wood we know injuries and yeah I mean we all know that call is sort of a horrific bad luck with keepers so let's let's hope that doesn't happen to uh, to Baxter um, but he's, he's got the makings of one of our best ever keepers well you think about the, especially as well lone keepers that we've had the best ones that come to mind shall we do a bit of a yeah to I mean, and fro bit I mean, of keep, keeper tennis yeah I mean Bettinelli Darren Randolph Rob Elliott. Paul Rachubka. Get out. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. that's a... Yes, a Yoronen. 15, love. 
Um, are we just doing any keeper, any keeper or have they got like, to be good? Any keeper calls about 600 keepers. Ian Dunbavin. Andrew Dorby. Dean Buzanis. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Um, Scott Davis. Tony Warner. Andy Dibble. Jay Lynch. Luke Simpson. Bear with me. Is there a time limit on this? Depends on this cash prize. We must have had Matt Macy. Is he the the Arsenal? Matt Macy, yep. The one game, five one defeat. Yeah. Marek Rodak, he was decent. He was decent, you're right. Oh, Jamie Spear. John Kennedy. Um, what was the giant cold that we had um, in the playoff year? Jason Mooney. Ross Etheridge. You've got me all day. You're coming back. I feel like it went in tennis when someone's it's pressure, isn't it? Yeah. I'm no, like, my next move would have been Stuart Jones. Yeah, I mean. And then I would have pulled a, a blind right with Danny Alcock, who was the sub keeper in the conference. So who is the keeper that I'm thinking of? Who was he called? Like, I'm gonna have to Google that. But he played for Bury for ages, and then he signed for us on loan. And now he's at like FC United or someone like that. Let me just have a look. Not thinking of Rahubka again. No. I'm sure he's at FC United now. Yeah, I mean, we've had some really odd keepers. I mean, eight in a season, in that 14-15 season. Uh, we had eight keepers on the books that year. Strangely, uh, Bob's left. So we've got eight keepers in one season. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, just going to go through them for you now. So we've mentioned um, we've mentioned most of them there, to be honest. Uh, started off the season with Luke Simpson. Uh, then I just remember him from getting sent off at Shrewsbury. Off, yeah. 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 And was that beat his like, first mm-hmm. away game? Yeah. So we had Luke Simpson, uh, Jay Lynch, um, Tony Warner that season, uh, Joe Lumley, uh, Chap- Chapman, who we forgot, Chapman. Chappers, yeah, sorry. Spell. Jesse Joronen, supposed to be an absolute worldie, played one game, snapped his cruciate. Uh, Matt Macy, Scott Davis. Um, yeah, so eight keepers. Scott Davis um, in the net for when Lawrence Wilson put his penalty into the Irish Sea. Yeah, I hope to, uh, to find that ball one day. I will try and find, there's another fantastic video of that penalty that's taken from you know, the home there's, end there's something that hasn't been mentioned on the podcast for a long time and is there something about um, a, a Murphy goal at Morecambe potentially I've got no recollection of that um, mm. Peter Murphy yes yeah, so Sir Peter of Murphy yeah he scored at Morecambe yeah I believe it was quite late on as well was it a 2-1 win in the last minute of we were bottom of the league about 2013 yeah, October so, 2013 so, so the annals of history say Rings a bell. Rings a bell. Not quite sure on that one. I'll have to check the history books. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, he was he was in the net for the the Lawrence Wilson penalty that got skied. And there's a fantastic, fantastic video taken by a home fan, and the penalty gets given, and they're all absolutely buzzing. And it's like their main main stand, and he, this guy just goes on on the video. 
watch Scotty, he'll go and bloody save this now, won't he? And then it just shows the penalty, and just as he hits it, the video ends so abruptly, and you just hear, ugh. And I just that. think, why has he put it on YouTube? Why has he put it on YouTube? So, a bit of a random keeper here, if you're playing sort of Stanley Keeper tennis. Uh, Francois Dubadeau. Francois Dubadeau uh, signed for us in 06 or 07 season. Try saying that after a few uh, few beers. French keeper, you never hear of him. I, I genuinely thought I'd hallucinated it at some point. Uh, never played for us, uh, but then went on to uh, become a cult hero at Motherwell because he played a blinder against Rangers. Um, again, one of these sort of dog shit careers. Um, but he got about Bordeaux, Stanley, Cincinnati Kings in America. He's lived the life, mate, hasn't he, to be fair? Yeah, but I wouldn't know him if he walked down the street. No. Um, the other keeper we're talking about, we didn't actually sign him, but first conference season, we were meant to sign a keeper called Jason Petkovic, Australian international, 30 caps, over 200 games of Perth glory, playing in front of 10,000 every week, and to get him to come to, to the crown ground for a part-time outfit in our first conference season would have been a massive coup, um, but we couldn't get the work permit. Um but yeah, so Eric went a bit mad about that. But uh, it was a bit odd because we were... Well, it was the second conference season, sorry. So we our point was, we're professional. And if we were in the EFL, we would have been allowed to sign him. But we are a professional team anyway, so why can't we have him? But uh, needs most to me weren't allowed. Um, so we went with uh, an extension for John Kennedy. Halcyon that, days. That is incredible, isn't it? Um, like you say, he, well... I mean, you probably... You speculate, do you? You'd probably, probably got out of the taxi, had a look round and gone, gone on. Yeah, which I have heard a few players yeah. have done. Um, but there you go. That's who I'm thinking of, Cameron Belford. Remember him? Decent. Yeah. Yeah, he was all right. Completely forgot him. Kenny Arthur as well. Kenny Arthur, yeah. Did a silly dance at Rochdale. Sean Murdoch. Sean Murdoch. He was our number one for a while. Old he, fella. He just went back to uh, Scotland. Um, yeah, we've had terrible... We've had some good ones and some... Yeah. Paul Crichton. He was terrible. Uh, but again, anybody who was an exit too and he had a blinder would, would say redeemed himself. Yeah, um, that's it. We a keeper, you need one game, don't you, that you're remembered for and you're just a hero forever. Yeah. And I'm speaking as an ex-goalkeeper well, I mean, of a terrible we, we, I standard. Mean, I mean, a, a future inductee of the Fallon Abuja Hall of Fame will no doubt be in Dunbavid, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because he used to get so much you know, shit spoken about him by idiots. Um, he was a good crack, he was a good bloke. And he actually had more sort of great games than people remember. He kept Nottingham Forest out on his own. Um, anybody who went to Middlesbrough when we won two one in the League Cup, yeah, we should have lost that game about six nil. He just made save after save. Um, you more know, can penalty last more minute. More can penalty last minute, and people forget as well the rest of that game. He was great. Yeah, he had a blinder to the extent Jim Bentley said, and knew he'd save it. Wow. Um, he said like, well, I knew he'd probably save it given the game he'd had. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, day, excellent. And the, like, the irony with Bavs was, I mean, Bavs always had a bit of a rick in him, which is why he was a League Two goalkeeper, but um, he's, he started to pick up injuries when he was at his peak. Like, he was playing out of his skin, game in, game out, and then he just started sort of, you know, um, injuries took it away from him, really, because he, he, he would have another five years out of him, I think. Save it for the uh, Fall on a Bougie Hall of Fame, mate. We'll save it for the Fall on a Bougie Hall of Fame. One last thing, just before we go on this uh, latest episode. Um, on a past podcast, I did mention Dean Winnard having a bit of a ruckus with Kevin Ellison in a service station toilet. I've got it on good authority that that story is absolute bullshit. I don't know where I've got it from. Maybe I dreamt it, but just just a little disclaimer in there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that was bollocks. Yeah, I mean, 
you do like to hang around service station toilets, don't you? But uh, don't conflate Stanley players with your with your terrible hobbies. Up the Reds. Up the Reds. Thank you for tuning into Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Borton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.